Hello, everybody. What's happening? Quest late night, Saturday night. We got a glass of wine. Hope you guys got some coffee, some hot chocolate, beers, cocktails, margaritas. We'll wait for people to come in. And um, I said, you know what? It's so freezing out. You can't do anything. Hello, Starlene. Thank you so much for rejoining the uh, paid side on YouTube membership. I appreciate it so much, Starlene. Thank you so much. And um, I said, why not? Let's go on stream and see what happens. That's how we work around here. My minds will stream. Hello, Caroline. Coming in on a cold, crispy Saturday night. Jazz dia. And there's that Cindy. I don't have to say it anymore, Cindy. That's your new job. Thank you so much, Cindy. Professor's in the house. And Jeff M is in the house on a cold here. Real cold. I haven't washed my Jeep in two weeks. So I said, you know what? What a perfect time. It's Saturday night at 8 o'clock to be with all my friends. Hello, Grant. Because this is what our group's all about. Just pop on, no schedule, except for our Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But I said, you know what? Let's chit-chat. Let's discuss everything under the sun. I know there's, I think there's a football game on. But I don't know how many people are sports mining, but a lot of people multitask, and it's no problem. Hello, Becky. Hello, Becky. I have to. I'm drinking some uh, Red Gianti wine. I was going to take out my bottle of port wine, but the red wine just warms me up nice, you know. Just a small mug. Nothing big. Nothing big. Nothing big at all. So what are you guys all doing tonight? Cooking for tomorrow? Just watching TV? What's happening out there? Yeah, Becky, I buy a gallon of port wine and a gallon of uh, Gianti, which is a red mild table wine. And Judy's in the house. There's Ray D. And there's Ken. Yeah, Green Bay in San Francisco. Don't they start late, Ken? I'm not sure. I don't follow. Like, I don't even turn TV on until Curse of Oak Island. But I do watch some football on Sundays, and now that's the playoffs a little bit. Caroline, the dog walk was fast. They don't want to stay out. No, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. And Cindy says they can give me a BWI, broadcasting while intoxicated. I love it. 
Tell them to take me away. They got free food in jail? Because food's real expensive. I'll take the free food. It's worth it. I'll have a steak, please. Oh, Ken, in 10 minutes the game starts? Alrighty. Well, of course, you know. Good evening, David. I got to start out. Thank you, my YouTube supporters who support the channel and me. The Knights, the Captains, the Marshals, and the Sentichels. We're losing a lot of members for some reason. I don't know. It's not for everybody. I want to thank Starlene for rejoining. Uh, Caroline, Luke, Jeff M., Curtis, Jana, Kelly, Becky, Josh, Annette, Mark, Barbara, Sandollar, Todd, Renee T., Roxy, Mike, Jazz, Dio, and Wayne for the continued support and helping me and all the Knights that are there also. I thank you also. And also Judy for her support and how she helps me with the podcast. It's fantastic with her synopsis. And also the professor, Daniel Spino, for historical episodes on Sunday mornings. I couldn't do it without him. And Daniel says, it's going down to the 30s here tonight. It's brutal. Good evening, uh, Deborah. Daniel. Also, I want to thank my moderators that have been with me. Uh, Tammy, Judy, Renee, Michelle, Daniel, Starlene, and Kathy. And to our Quest Lifetime contributor, Chris Dona. When you see the phone number posted on the bottom, one three two three eight one three four one three, maybe somebody will call in other than Judy tonight. So I want to be surprised maybe with two phone calls tonight when I put the number up. What do you think, guys? I want to take my Quest of Oak Island Facebook group where all my support comes from. We are now live on Twitter. That's gaining some followers. Also, my YouTube followers and also anchor host that does the podcast all over the world. I thank them so much on the audio side. Good evening, Matt. Judy, very good. Smirnoff ice in my mug tonight. I got the wine going. I got to keep warm. Then I noticed that some kind of new episodes uploaded, and I posted to the Quest of Oak Island Facebook uh, group. Next week, this coming Tuesday, the Silver Liner, that's episode 150. Can you imagine that? So they can syndicate the thing. They can get reruns, put it in the big billion-dollar TV revenue. After 100 episodes, they can put it in syndicate. So we're at 150 episodes this coming Tuesday. Can you imagine that? Then February 1st, it's go big or go home. And then this one caught my eye. Episode 153, guys. It's called Premiere of the Dig. Let me repeat that. February 8th, 2022. Episode 153, premiere of the dig. So maybe we'll start seeing some steel twisting, dirt spitting, mud chucking, caisson. Daniel, he's from Michigan, but lives in Florida for almost 20 years. Yeah, your blood got real thin. I think so, Starling. 
premiere the dig or just put an X on the ground and start it there. But I don't know if they're going to actually have the the case on there, probably showing us the uh, uh, actuator and the truck bringing in the caissons and all that, that we already know that's there, but we got to show it, you know, bringing it in on the trucks and everything. Yep, Judy. And on February 15th, they have a drilling down. So we got the silver liner next Tuesday, which I'll be on pre-show, 7.15. The next week after that, go big or go home, February 1st. Premiere of the dig, February 8th, 2022. And then after the premiere of the dig, drilling down February 15th. That's all I got for you. Yup, Ken, when the caissons go marching home. Yup. Episode 12 is next Tuesday night. The Silver Liner, the 25th. So when they had that little bit of new news, you know, I got to put it on our Facebook page. And uh, the Quest of Oak Island, spoiler alert, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. If you guys don't want to see it or who the new people don't want to need no spoilers, you're in the wrong group. I tell it all, see it all, whatever I got, you guys got. You know what I mean, guys? The professor, Daniel Spino. had a great post on Facebook, The Quest of Oak Island. Like I know, a lot of people from YouTube don't go to Facebook, and people on Facebook don't go to YouTube, and et cetera, et cetera. We had a bunch of pictures of possible ships that could possibly be buried in the swamp, burnt apart or whatever, before they put the road in. And... um. It was called a Galen Andalucia. It is a replica of the 16th slash 17th century Spanish galleon. It was built in 2009, modeled after the type of vessel used by the Spanish crown for maritime expeditions. These are the size of the ships that I'm wondering how the heck would that even fit in the swamp. We'll, we'll discuss that as we see these pictures. The Galons were intended to discover and establish trade routes between Spain, America, and the Philippine Islands. Is one of these photos of these ships that I'll be showing you from Daniel Spino buried in the swamp or the burn remains? When you see the size of these ships, I have no doubt that the size had to be that big to transport what they were transporting. But yet with the sea levels, remember the sea levels are at least six feet lower. And don't forget there was no road in front of the swamp. And we know the swamp was man-made in 1280 or 1220, 1280, 1220, somewhere in there. So for the people that haven't seen these pictures of the boat, here we come. But before I do that, I'm going to have a little sip of wine. Cheers, everybody out there. Cheers on a Saturday night. You're on Quest Late Night. Just delicious. I'm also going to try a little music. 
in the background. Cheers, Pirate. Thanks for rejoining. I hope you got a cocktail, a hot chocolate. And here we go. Ray D. Big happy birthday shout out to the 305 Francis Bacon. Is he buried on Oak Island? Where's the X? Where's the X? Just so I can hear a little bit of music. It's a loop that goes over and over. You up, Tammy? StreamYard put a little loop in there. And I don't know how the volume is to you, but I got it on low just for a little background noise. Is it too loud, the background music? Because I can put it a little lower. Hello, darkness. Here's the type of ship they rebuilt. The Galon Andalusia. It's a replica of the 16th, 17th type of ship that we're looking at. Okay, hold on. What about now? Hello. All right, let me put it up a little higher. I got it on low because I got headphones on and it's blasting in my ears. Oh my lordy forty. <laughs> All right, let me write down. Uh, it's on level 24, guys. It's blasting in my headphones, but as long as you can hear it, and I, you can hear me above it. guys I had to take the hello Kathy I had to take the earbuds out oh my lordy 40 something new that StreamYard has a little background music we'll put it on for a while but as long as you can hear me over the music so here's the boat
I have no idea. Just hum. And here's the back of the size of the boat. Can you imagine that? Unbelievable. We'll be finding pieces of wood forever. Yep, all totally rebuilt. Well, welcome, Darlene. Welcome. Glad to have you. And we got to thank Daniel Spino. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, Sydney. Don't forget the sea, you know, was six foot lower. And um, I don't know how this thing would even fit in there if the water was deep enough to even get this thing in there. Unreal. And there's the top picture, all the ropes, all the mess. A ton of stuff in here. A ton of stuff in here. Hello, Gloria. Yep. Then you see that one program that they made this uh, ship so long ago, they did it with ropes. Yeah, darkness, that was the uh, seismic testing. They did it in the 3D. They have to check it all out. That's what they're doing their drill program now to see what's going on. And why air was coming out of that chamber. Obviously, it was a closed air pocket that the drill hit. And I wish they did, like we all want them to do, is throw a sewer camera down there. Even though it's dark and muddy and murky, I would so throw a sewer camera down there and, and look around if you can, you know what I mean? Could be, Grant. The ox were pulling chips. They're on the side, pulling it up. Yep. Unbelievable size. Unbelievable. Hello, Marty. Thanks for coming in.
just imagine the expertise they had to have to build these things way back when. It's unbelievable. How they built things and built castles and boats and oh my lordy forty, how'd they do it? But they did. Their stuff is still standing. But if they burned the ship, Doreen, when they did the drill program in the swamp, like I'm saying, there should have been a light layer of charcoal or something or ash that they had to pull up. Because they found bits of charcoal around the pathway, if you remember. So if you're burning a ship this big, there has to be a layer of something that would come up in the sediment. You know what I mean? Yup, Daniel. I say it was a wharf on both sides, but was it deep enough to either bury a ship or was it a fix repair boat shop right there? You know what I mean? Unbelievable. Hello, Gloria. Welcome to our Saturday night late quest. We're showing boats to see if these kind of boats would be in the swamp or would they even make it in the swamp because of the sea levels at the time. And the cat, they didn't find that much uh, charred wood. One piece, two pieces, the rest is all decayed. I need more than that. Hello, my main man, Curtis. Thanks for coming in this Saturday night. Just the pure architecture and craftsman of this stuff is unbelievable. You know what I mean? Look at the size of that bell. Cheers, guys. Marty, if the swamp was not deep enough, could they dry dock it with winches? I thought some of these ships, uh, Professor, they put on their side. Didn't they put it on their side? Something like that, uh, Enters my brain tonight for some reason. How they dry dock these big ships to fix it underneath. But don't quote me on that. Yes, Caroline, I saw that too in Boston. Yep. I scratched my head on that. Yep, that 1929, the swamp looked more narrow than the most of recent time it was filled with water. Yeah, it looked real narrow. Yep, Tim. Now we just need a shipbuilder expert.
Yep, Chazdia. So many skills have been lost, right? You got that right. What a huge thing. We'll have to look into like sizes of dry docks way back in the 1700s, 1600s. We'll have to get some uh, photos and pictures of that. You know what I mean, guys? How long is the swamp? I know the swamp is four acres. As far as measurement, measurement, I have no idea. I don't want to give a wrong. Yep, Ray D, that's good. I know carpentry myself. Very good to know and do. But this is all, could it be possible a ship of this size, which Marty wants, filled full of gold, was somehow sunk into the swamp when it was two islands? Was it deep enough? Then I'm looking around, seeing the pedestals and the thing. And guess what I was looking at, guys? I was looking at the handrails. You see the handrails going up the stairs? Do they look familiar? The railings. There you go, Judy. But who knows? Like I said, they were all made of wood. So if there's something in there, we should see a bunch of stuff or not just one or two. There is no way. And if the bacteria or something doesn't get down to it low enough and saves it, we should have a ton of it. Not unless they got, what do you call them, uh, shipworms? Not shipworms. Yeah. The shipworms might have got to all the wood, too. In my opinion, it seems the pieces they pulled out, yes. Yeah, except for that one, what, 24-foot plank that uh, Tony Sampson pulled out. Nancy was probably full of rum. They just drove straight or followed the sun or something. Very good, Tim. Let me show that. In 2001, the Institute held a workshop and published the results called Shipbuilding Practice and Ship Design Methods from the Renaissance to the 18th Century. Unbelievable. Yup, Tammy. That's just a theory that they buried a swamp, buried a swamp, buried a ship in the swamp. Just a theory. But this is just to show you guys. Okay, you say a ship, your ship. 
In fact, if they had enough money and they had a replica ship like this going around Oak Island, they would make a mint. So I want Tony Sampson to buy one of these replica ships. And we can sail it around Oak Island, wear our Templar uh, uniforms, drink and eat. That's what I always told them. And that's what they see in the front of them. Uh, who asked me that question? I don't know if it was Tammy. You see they're steering it, and they can see the front. Who asked me that question? Facebook. Let's see, it just tells me Facebook user. But there's the steering wheel looking out straight out to the front there. <clears throat> Yep, a lot of craftsmanship that's lost. I understand. I see it all the time. Sounds great, dead pirate. But just the size of these ships is just unbelievable. This replica of a 16th to 17th century Spanish galleon. You know, that's the average. So we just go by. Could have just been there. Jason. But, uh. Daniel Spino had a good write-up on this stuff, and I just had to show the world, guys. I had to show the world. And the professor wants to know, for the world now, YouTube, the world, the people on Twitter, what do you guys think would be the reason to burn and bury a galleon ship in the swamp? If they had the money pit in a vault there, as Fred Nolan say, well, there's nothing in the money pit. It's just buried in the swamp in a, in a burnt ship. What do you guys think? Give me your opinion. Salute, guys. Jason, we're having a couple of cocktails, a little wine. Some vodka, some coffee, some hot chocolate. Okay, we got Marty saying something. Ship contained stolen treasure and wanted to hide any evidence of the ship existed. Yep. David says to prevent capture on unable to repair. Okay. I would reuse the wood rather than burn it. Maybe they took it apart and used it for shoring if they have an offset tunnel. But if he's saying the ship was buried in the swamp with the treasure, then people are saying it's not in the money pit. You understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> Jeff M., possibly to hide a ship that was stolen. Why not just take it apart and make a couple of houses? Could be. I like it. I like it. What else we got? 
If you got a stolen ship, how the heck do you hide that thing? You have to take it apart. You have to stick it uh, in the mud. But holy schmoly aloli, lordy forty. The sea level was six feet lower than where the swamp is now. That's what's got me. And we know they had longer docks, a hundred foot dock in front of Captain Anderson's land and Samuel Ball's land. Extra long docks. That means for bigger ships to be out farther because they couldn't get close to the island. Okay, Kathy. Just them scuttle boats bringing goods in to the wharf, to the harbor. But if when it was two islands, was it deep enough? That's what I got to try to find out. Probably a thousand stories on that someplace. And like you're saying, could they dry dock this thing in, pulling it with oxen, with ropes from the deep end, putting logs all the way up to the deep part of the water and roll it up into the swamp? I have no idea. And Daniel says, what if you claim the ship sunk, used this cargo, then had to get rid of it to hide what you did, yeah? A lot of ship there, Daniel, a lot of ship, you guys. These ships were huge. If they stole the cargo off and there was no gold or anything, but they still have to get rid of the ship somehow. You got to dismantle it. I mean, how do you hide something this big? And who knows how much when they sunk it, if they did sink it in the swamp, got washed out to the ocean after all the storms from the day they dismantled it or put it in the swamp so the day uh, it was, uh, you, know, you know, the swamp was uh, man-made in 1280 or 1260. But there was no road in front of the swamp. So the tide coming in and out, in and out, in and out, how much was actually washed out if there was a ship in there? Jason, he has classes in Arson, cover up is the top reason for burning evidence. But Jason, when they had that floating drill rig in the swamp, they would go into the sediment and at least pick up a lot more bits of charcoal or bits of not ash, but I don't know how much the bacteria and the mud and the slime eats away at burnt ash that's been in the ground for a couple hundred years. But I'm pretty sure the drill core would have came up with some kind of layer. All of a sudden, something was burnt a bunch of charcoal or something what do you think jason
Mm-hmm. That's the big question on these ships. We haven't found no cannons yet. The uptime storms could also bring the soil to cover it all up. Yep. A lot of storms, a lot of storms. Of course, all these ropes and pulleys and all that are gone. It just gets me scratching my head. If they think a ship is buried in the swamp with all the gold and treasure, they're telling us there's no other treasure on the island but into the swamp, which I think is wrong. Here's Jason. You burn the ship you stole. Use it to melt down the gold and silver to change the identification on the coins and bars. Jason, you belong on that TV show, CSI. If you need anything done, contact Jason. He only takes 25% of the treasure. Good deal, Jason. Good deal. Good deal. Daniel, I try to get that answer, and that's why I showed that other program I had live, that the floating drill pro, uh, program did go over the anomaly. Nobody will really answer me because they got it all plotted out with GPS and everything, and with Steve right there, it can go right over the top of it, and we know it was only 50 feet deep. So if one hole didn't make it, you can do another 500 holes because the thing was 200 feet long to see. I never got an answer. They haven't dug at the anomaly. They just did uh, drill holes. As far as I know and as far as they told us so far. You know, we're at the mercy of them. And only the information they tell us on the show. And then we go off to our tangent to figure out what the heck is going on bouncing off the walls. Look at the insides of these ships. Can you imagine? Of course, this is all redone. You know, there's no spit on the floor or hay. Oh, they must have had wild animals down there or something, right, to eat? I don't know. I don't see no cabbage in any of these, these ships. Where's all the cabbage? Where'd they store the cabbage? But I didn't think they were this nice inside. I went to that USS Constitution in Boston, and it seemed small inside. I mean, I'm six foot, 205 pounds. But uh, when I went down below, it was pretty small for me. So maybe all these guys were like five foot one or five foot or something. I don't know. But the insides of these, Daniel, really impressed me.
Could be, Kathy. They don't tell us everything. Yep, David, this ship was all redone. This ship is a remanufactured ship right here. This is not an actual ship they use. Yeah, I turned off the music, Teresa. Right, this is all redone. It was modeled. It was built in 2009. Yep, Jazz D. I did turn off the music. I hope it's still not on. Is it still on? Nope. All right, take another picture here. And there's where they ate, the captains, I guess. All right, good, it's off, Deborah. I turned it off. Kathy wants to know, how many in a crew on a ship like that? Jeez. I have no idea. Yep, sail to Oak Island. I would love that. Oh, my lordy 40, I would love that also. Yep, David, they did a great job to show us how it really was. You're out to sea in a month and a half, it's probably a wreck. But there must be some beautiful ships on the interior that were better than the other ones, you know what I mean? They kept on improving. Some people's dining rooms don't even look like this. And I'm looking around for pieces around the cannons here. See the powder kegs. Of course, this is all redone when it was brand new. Daniel says 35 to 50 on a crew. All depends how big the ship is, I guess, or how many cannons you got to use and what the purpose is for. If you're going to war or you're going just to explore must be all kinds of different crew numbers that they would uh, have or i would say i need a crew of 100 because 50 people are going to die of scurvy and everything by the time i get to the united states or the virgin islands or wherever they're going so i better get a crew of 150 in case 100 die i gotta throw them over the over the plank to make it there, and we got to make it back, you know. BC, great information. Passenger logs I've seen. Crews are around 100. Thank you, BC. Right, Jesse. This is just for a museum type of thing to walk through how it was. Here's Tim. Madrid. Up to 300. Oh, my lordy, 40. Yup, Tammy, Duke's ill-fraid trip. Even he died coming across. And there's another picture of a 
their dining area. Just fantastic. Another shot of the uh, cannons. Overboard they go. I don't know, I was looking at that handle with the rope. Salute, guys. The wine tastes awful good tonight. Yeah, Ray D. The craftsmanship, just unbelievable. This is Tim here. That is a large galleon that has a couple of layers of original cannon. There were gunners, and then others were sailors on other larger ships. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. We never went in depth on looking at these ships at all, to tell you the truth. I looked on the outside. I saw the big sails, but I never went inside to, except for the one in Boston. So I thought this was very interesting from Daniel Spino. I want to thank Daniel Spino for putting this big post up on our Facebook group. Yeah, I still say that was a bucket handle for maybe in carrying uh, powder or ammunition, uh, Carol. But then what do I know? I don't know any Spanish, but uh, we're showing you like the insides on the bottom are the ballast stones. You see the ballast stones on the bottom. The navigation obviously is on the highest point. And I know that's an anchor. And where's the kitchen here? Let's see here. The offices are on top. Navigation's on top. Kitchen's probably on the bottom. And there's Daniel saying, well, if they took the top off, could it possibly be? And there's Daniel. Smaller galeons, 50 people. Huge galeons, as much as 400. The current crew of this ship was only 35. Wow. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you so much. Good to know. B.C. St. Jean. Chicago Cartier abandoned one of his three ships in 1525 because of scurry deaths. Not enough crew left to sail it back to France. Where the ship went, nobody knows. Thank you, B.C. 
So I like this little comparison here of the anomaly they showed us on seismic testing and the top of the ship gone here. And Judy says I think they match. And here's some underground, under bay photos that they took. That what's under and before the swamp. And I think one person, I forgot his name. So if they go out a while, it's only about 30 feet. But I don't know how far out. He means when it's 30 feet, you know what I mean? But in this time period, I don't know. And that's where the Boulderless Beach is. And that's the underground sonar of under the bay. So you see where the swamp is. I don't know if a ship can get in there. You see that big mound in front of the swamp that's underneath the sea, underneath the bay. Yep. You don't know until the Oak Island family digs all this out and that sonar machine figures all this out. But like uh, Daniel said, in 1929, the, sh the swamp was even more narrow than you see now. This, I don't know where the heck I found this. Gordon Fader and Courtney, 1998. Boulders, gravel, a channel up that way, gravel with boulders, muddy sand, artifacts. I forgot what he said a scarp is. But I wish on the left-hand side with a colored photo, you see water depth about 30 feet. Now this is in 1996. So if you go six feet below that, water depth would be 24 feet or less way back in the 17, 16, 1700s. Wouldn't you say so? If it was 30 feet about in 1996, and we got six feet lower water levels. How the heck's a ship going to go in there that size? See what I'm saying? BC, I think it was a dam, not a ship, reused material. Could be when they looked on the uh, latrine side, they thought they had a big anomaly and it was just a big layer of sand, uh, BC but it came out showing like an anomaly. I mean, they've been searching for nine years and more than that. We've found surface finds, but nothing else up to today. Not saying what they can find next week or in the future, but right now with nine years of searching, we have come up with probably nothing as far as uh, I'm not talking about the uh, surface finds. I'm not talking about some bones that are buried below 
um, things that were buried way below. Because I say the drilling program, if you've got something a foot below ground and you've got all these drilling holes, when you're drilling holes, you're driving things down in the ground. If it's on the side, it's falling in the hole. So you're always pushing things down into the hole you dig, the drill holes I'm talking about. So could it be for the nine years they've been looking and found nothing? That that's what the research is? There is nothing? Unless they go to the west side of the island? Just think about it. You did it nine years. You got a history lesson, of course. And it's not all about the treasure. But we want answers if it's there or not. Or was it there? Or maybe it wasn't even on this island. Who knows? But with their nine years of research, Nothing as far as a uh, treasure or vault. So maybe their research is saying, well, there's nothing there because we've found nothing for nine years. You understand what I'm saying? I'm positive, but I'm just saying, go up to the research up to today, January 22nd, 2022. A lot of history. Could change history. But what did we find? What do you think, guys? The mercury indicates that someone was sluicing a magnet sand for traces of gold dust. The mercury catches even the smallest traces of gold in a separated gold by being baked in a potato. You know, I saw that mercury thing. I saw some gold show, uh, Stephen. They were doing it in Africa or or Guinea, Guinea or something, South Guinea, that they were putting mercury in there to pull the gold away. Very good. Daniel Spino, why not just burn it in the waters outside the island? Just tie it to a tie it to a boulder and burn it outside the island and sink it. A lot of situations here. Yep, Jason, I just found that out. Is Jake going wild today? Today is Sir Francis Bacon birthday, 1-22-1561. Jake must be going wild. Can't even talk to him today. I better talk to him tomorrow. He's too wound up today. That's a lot of candles he's got to put on a cake. Could be, Marty. In the 1500s, during the Portuguese voyage of discovery, islands in the New World were seeded with livestock and crops to have fresh supplies for future voices. Can't remember who I got to give credit to for this. And that's an old map. In 1560, could that be Oak Island on this old, old 1560 map? Then you got all those lines like for dot to dot and well, Aaron and Oak Island Research. I don't know all these dots and lines and angles. And But look on this map from the New World in 1560. What do you guys think? 
Jake's having a bacon-wrapped ham for dinner. I thought he was going to have a BLT, to tell you the truth, and a, and a bottle of wine. So what do you guys think of this map here? You think that's Oak Island in their map from 1560? So look, guys. Jason says it's too big. Hmm. And it don't look like an elephant. Well, there's the pirate. Burning it outside the island to sink it would mean pieces would wash up nearby, alerting people to the fact the ship sank. And what area to look? Very, very good, pirate. Very good. Very good. I have no idea, Jason. Gold River empties into Montgomery. Yeah. Does the map say Gold River? Mm, I have no idea. I just found that and I just put it up, Jason. I have no idea what the letters mean or what the heck they're talking about. I just like pictures. So I thought it was interesting. I thought it was very interesting. Yep, nobody was around. Here's the levels at Lutenberg, Fort Lutenberg. 1998 high level tide and way down is 1743 high tide level. This is when the tide came in and out. So it wasn't that big. You know what I'm saying, guys? That's it, Daniel. Les McPheel. I give Les McPheel credit for those uh, other pictures. Nova Scotia for Luxembourg. Lewisburg. Seventeen forty three and nineteen ninety eight. So you can see the difference right there. I don't know what this guy's trying to say.
Okay. Where is the... Uh... Hold on, guys. Alrighty, hold on. Alrighty. Well, we'll see uh, what's happening here. It's about it I have for that. About 24 years ago. Yep. Yep. All right. Now, I really don't have anything to give away yet. But whoever wins the giveaway, I will post his name and pin his name for 71,000 people to see your name. It's going to be hashtag wine. So in your comments right now, put in hashtag wine. Hashtag wine. Ready, go. I'll put your name all over the place that you won tonight. Really nothing. But you'll have kudos on being the Winner of tonight's chat. And then eventually we're going to do this with uh, mugs and t-shirts. Hashtag wine. It'll only work on the StreamYard site. It will not work on the Facebook side. You have to be logged in to StreamYard. Hashtag wine. How the heck did I do that before? Hashtag wine. Hashtag. Not just wine, MGM. Hashtag wine. Hashtag wine. 
I got to get used to running this so I don't screw up when I start giving away stuff for real. Your name will be posted to 71,000 people on the Facebook Quest group, YouTube, and Twitter if you're the winner. We'll do uh, the number one winner, the number two winner, and the number three winner. Number one will be posted. So it's got to be hashtag wine. Matt Kathy. Is everybody in? You only got 20 people in. We got about 60 people in chat. Oh, the Facebook user, it's not working, Tim. You got to be on uh, StreamYard. All right, here we go. First winner. Your name will be plastered around the world. And you only can have to do it once. They know if you do it more than once. So you only have to do it once. If you don't, if you do it 10 times, they'll only take it one time. All right, here we go. First winner. Ready? Win a dinner on Oak Island. Here we go. Curtis Bennett, number one. Boomski, Boomski, Boomski. My main man. Number one, Curtis. Winner. Number two. Winner. MGM, number two winner. MJM, number two winner. Beautiful. One more. Deborah Polk, three winner. Fantastic, fantastic. You guys are the best. You guys are the best. 
All right, let's see here. Oh, I hit the wrong button here. Well, we're sort of getting used to it, you know what I mean? So I don't screw it up, you know what I mean? So when we do it for real. So if anybody wants to call in, have a cocktail, shoot the baloney for five, ten minutes, talk about anything. I don't know if I got to put my earpieces back in. Probably. You think it's easy? That's where you get live. You get it live with me. Look at that wire. Oh my lordy, 40. Hold on. Okay, Carol, if you want to call in, go ahead. Hello, you're talking to John live. Hi, John. This is Carolyn Anderson. I just uh, wanted to say I enjoy your programs. Well, I thank you very much. You have a glass of wine in front of you tonight? No, uh, I have a puppy. A puppy? <laughs> oh, I love puppies. Yeah, they're sweethearts. Uh, those are the ones that didn't like going out in the cold. But uh, I, hear you. I wish we had somebody that was more like a ship person because... Uh, there's only so much I can come up with for some of these uh, questions, but I cannot see, as you said, how some of these huge ships could possibly get into that um, bay there. It doesn't make any sense. Right. I mean, it's just not deep enough. Even if they dug the whole swamp out 300 feet, they still couldn't get to it because out in the bay, it's not deep enough to get close. Yes. I, I remember uh, Tony Sampson talking about the area and... Uh, how there were a lot of like reefs and shoals, yep. and it was like the the graveyard of the North Atlantic or something like that. And I was thinking, you know, there must be some other place that would be more convenient to pull into, and that's not it. Right. He was saying something about like the Florida's got the double triangle. Yes. And he was explaining to me that from uh, what's it, Frog Island? That's closer there. Frog Island and yeah. Oak and Island. That, that triangle right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He said it's narrow there and it's shallow there, and that's why he's got a flat bottom boat when he's driving around there you know what i mean oh okay all right yeah well that makes sense well also wasn't there an area there that kind of throws off all the electronics and you just kind of stall in the middle of the, the the dead triangle or something yep that's it watches stop cell phones go off same thing on oak island some kind of uh emf electronic magnetic uh, forces that are in play um you know, your digital watch stops and um, compasses go crazy. Just about, if you heard anything about the uh, Devil's Triangle, you know, mm -hmm. cameras stop working, 
but yet they do so much filling on, filming on Oak Island. I'm trying to get a couple of people on that might know this, but I got to wait for them. I don't bug them to come on my show. And um, sure. if there was so much electronic magnetic interference, like when they put a drone up in the air or they put something in a, a couple of uh, underwater drones that went off and they mm-hmm. turned off, you'll see a couple of programs that uh, all of a sudden they just stop working. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm saying. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, why isn't on the show, well, don't you guys, you guys got cameras and mics and you're mic'd up on your body. You got cameras all over the island. You got drones all over the island. Well, if you had this problem, do you guys as a production company seeing this problem just by you guys filming the island and the story? You know what I mean, Caroline? Sure. But you don't know if they uh, don't show us some of these things. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. Well, even, even uh, I'll get off, but I uh, just wanted to say hello to you and that I really appreciate you and the whole group. Well, I thank you for being a member in my group. I really appreciate each one of you, and I thank you for calling in, and I hope you call in again. Thank you. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Wasn't that nice? Oh, my lordy forty. Who else wants to call in? Very nice, Caroline. Very nice. Yup, Kathy, like the Barun Triangle, yup. Between Frog Island and Oak Island. Compasses go off, phones don't work. Same thing. Same thing. But we hear it from some people, we don't hear it from others. Everybody from there knows what's going on. Yup, Curtis, that was very nice of her. I thank her so much. I don't know about doing that background music, guys. It blasts in my ears and it drives me crazy. But it's something new that StreamYard has. And they all have invitations to come on my show no matter what. They just got to send them the link and boom, they come on. As long as they got a good camera, as long as they got a good uh, internet feed. Otherwise, you got all kinds of problems with lagging. And then they log on and they log off. It's just a big mess, you know what I mean? But I don't cut nothing out. What you see is what you get. So we'll have to get excited for the silver lining this coming Tuesday. I thought I'd come on tonight because I'm drinking some wine. I had to come down to the studio anyways and get some things straightened out through the old Oak Island, Quest of Oak Island t-shirt on. And said, okay, let's get it going. Mine's will talk to you guys, or you guys talk to me. Then probably watch the end of the football game at the end. Nothing happens to the last three minutes of a football game anyways. It's always tied or something going on, you know what I mean? Jazz Dia. I think Jazz Dia called in once. Didn't you, Jazz Dia? Did you call in once or no? But it's like, you know, this group is your group. It's not me. 
I'd like all the interactions. It's just me up here. It's not the Brady Bunch up here. It's just me, you, and everybody involved uh, with Oak Island. We're in to it to the end, no matter what. At least now a lot of people, you know, a lot of wood. This is wood. That's wood. Well, you got to go with the flow. If not, it's not the right uh, program to watch. And that's what I tell them. And I'm also telling new people, you know, there's spoilers on all my uh, streams. Because that's what we want to know. We want to know new information also. Not too much big factual, confusing Johnny material. Very simple. Show me a picture. This is what we're doing. This is what we found. This is what we didn't find. Very simple. Johnny needs simple. All this high-tech stuff, I'm just waiting for that uh, muon that gives an x-ray of the whole island underneath. I'm waiting for Steve to make his 3D map. Just do you know I said I wouldn't. Just do you can just say hello. Hello, John, you enjoying your wine? And then hang up. I want everybody to be involved, you know. You don't have to talk about Oak Island. Like me. I just come on tonight because it's a Saturday night. <laughs> I can tell you that it's the only show on TV that keeps my husband from going to sleep. He's an engineer, and the show drives him nuts. It drives us all nuts. You know what I mean? And then if we think it, they must have did it. John, why don't they put cameras down these drill holes to see? Well, first they got to make sure it's safe. It's not gas and everything else like they did. But don't forget, they already did all this last summer. They already know what's going on already. And we're at their beckon and call to what they show us that we discuss. And that's what keeps our group going. You know what I mean? That's what keeps our group going. Don't forget to go to the YouTube side. Please hit that subscribe button. It shows if you're grown, the more subscribers. I still get 50% that are subscribed and 50% that see me live are not subscribed. If you enjoy the show, you enjoy the content, you enjoy me and Judy and everything, there is a YouTube membership. That starts at $2.99 a month. I put everything in the community tab as much as I can. You can talk to me directly. It's sort of a perk. It supports the show, my show. It supports all this content. It supports uh, the streaming channel's uh, cost. It supports all the editing costs to put on, like, intros and outros. Everybody wants money. And they think you make money on YouTube. Uh, I mean, you got to have like a million views or not like us, you know. We're way below, way down. But if it does ever pick up, which I don't think it will, because I'm only focused on one thing, Oak Island. So I'm sort of solo on one thing. So it limits me. Well, if you don't like Oak Island, nobody's going to come and see me and talk to me and contribute to me because, well, what the hell is this Oak Island thing about, you know? He's not talking about finances. He's not doing a cooking show. 
He's not talking about aliens. He's not talking about gold in Florida. But we got to diversify. You know what I mean? We got to be flexible. Like I said, we'll post a couple of things of uh, of uh, beyond Oak Island. It's not my cake. My cake is Oak Island. And then we'll see how it goes from there. You know what I mean? Maybe this season after Oak Island is done, we'll try to branch off into something else that the members like. Because I think the members will follow me no matter what I do, as long as it's interesting. You know what I mean, guys? Crazy Lamp Lady lady subscribers. But, um, yeah. So that was my Saturday night. Drank a glass of wine with you guys. Showed you the, uh, the boats, the ships, how huge they are. Showed you some elevations of how the heck even that these ships even get close to the swamp, I say nay. Let them look in the money pit. I also put that out there that they've been searching for nine years. And they have found nothing. We found out a lot of history. I understand that. It can change history. You know, they put the Templars in there. They put the, the menorah in there. They put the Ark of the Covenant in there. Could be there. Could be. I have no idea. But if I've been searching for nine years and came up with nothing, I would say, well, maybe your search, you're searching that maybe that's telling you something. Either you're in the wrong spot or you haven't gone deeper. That's all I can say. Let me turn the phone off. BC, you're right. You're right. Yep, it's the history. I hear you. It's the whole story. It's a family show. Tim, your Facebook channel and this one are the ones that keep me up to date. Right, thank you. Too bad my late brother didn't see these shows. He was hooked on the story. Well, I'm sorry for your loss, Tim. Alrighty. Well, like I said, I'll see you pre-show Tuesday at 7.15 for the Silver Lining. You'll see me and Judy Wednesday at 7.30 for a recap and synopsis of whatever the heck we're getting on Tuesday night. But remember, members, always go forward. You may get a setback, but just believe in yourself. Believe in your dreams. Never give up. I never give up. You keep smiling, you be kind. For tomorrow is never given as you get older. People know what I'm talking about. So you guys stay strong, stay positive, stay safe. I thank you for tonight. I'm glad you came in with me on a short notice on Saturdays. I like things short notice. I'm not really a schedule guy. So just keep up on my post to see when I come on next. But it'll be Tuesday pre-show and Wednesday at 7.30 with Judy. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you. Take care. And bye-bye now. Thank you, guys.